Hey there, architecture enthusiast. Nikita Reed here, inviting you on an incredible journey through time and space with my podcast, Tangible Remnants. Historic preservation and sustainability? Let's go ahead right now and debunk the myth that they are opposites. In fact, they are two sides of the same coin, shaping our collective future. In a work environment, it has been challenging because I've had to probably do more than double just to make sure that I quote unquote fit in. But the environments that have allowed me to do me on the front end, I've been extremely successful. You look at all these PhDs, they've built that on the backs of our elders. Absolutely. What they consider themselves to be experts at is what they've worked with us to achieve. I know we have to. We have to prioritize people before products and before place. Join me as we unravel the stories of historic buildings shaped by the people of a specific era and often influenced by race and gender. These tangible remnants are windows into our past and guideposts for the future. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe now to Tangible Remnants. Let's explore the interconnectedness of architecture, preservation, sustainability, race, and gender. What did I mean when I said this? Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of She Builds Podcast, where we typically share the untold stories of historical women in the building and construction industry. I'm Jessica Rogers, who submitted my ballot a while ago, and now I'm waiting on the election results based out of Washington, D.C. I'm Nerdiri Rivas, waiting to know if charitable raffles will be allowed at the rodeo in Houston, Texas. Yeehaw. That was a thing on the ballot this year. <laughs> oh, okay. Sounds so Texan. Yeah. Well, I'm is. Lizzie Rar, and a ballot did not arrive at my house in the mail, so I believe there is no election in November here in San Francisco. <laughs> there you okay. Go. There yeah. you go. All right, ladies. Another great season in the books. We made it to episode 40. Yeah. yeah. You know the drill. At the end of each season, we like to do a wrap up or a reflection of what we have learned these last 10 episodes. Yeah. OK, so let's get started. Nurjidi, what stood out to you this season? One word. Barnstorming. Yes. <laughs> Currently looking for planes. Yeah, I really need to know if people still do this. I mean, hashtag barnstorming on Instagram had over 5,000 posts. So it's yeah. a thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess on a more serious note, at some point in the season, we were talking about the usual a lady not finding work or not getting paid her worth or at all or being told that she was hired for her looks. And I was like, Man, are these stories getting repetitive? Are the listeners going to get bored? But then in the next second, I thought, well, if we don't want to keep telling the same story over and over again, or if you don't want to keep hearing it, then pay ladies for their work. Hire them for their work ethic and talent. Stop treating them like a piece of meat. If someone is tired of hearing it, we are tired of saying it. 
and imagine how tired we are of living it. So yeah, we have to keep sharing these stories, speaking of the ladies' work and truth, and maybe someday the narrative will change. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe it's repetitive, but I feel like that's kind of the point. I mean, unless we realize that it isn't an isolated incident and just how widespread it is, it won't change. And so... Like Nurjiti said, if the listeners want us to stop saying it, then let's hope that we find ladies in the future who this isn't happening to. But we are a historical podcast, so not going (laughs) to lie, we're probably a long way from getting to that point. So but let's make it happen. (laughs) Yeah. So I would also like to argue like, yeah, of course, we don't want our listeners to get bored, blah, blah, blah. But I want y'all to get as fired up as we are Mm. so that we can actually create the change that we want to see. And then maybe we can stop talking about it once it stops happening. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Okay, that was really passionate. Let's move now to our favorite episodes. You know the rules. You got to pick one that you didn't host. I'm going to start. Um, I think that Amaza was amazing, <laughs> but I got to pick AstraZarina, not Zeneca. Sarina. <laughs> How she totally changed the game at the University of Washington. And she started a whole program in Rome. She helped revitalize a village. She is the ultimate influencer. And she inspired me so much. I loved learning about her. She really got me thinking about what my life could be if I wanted to start a village in Italy. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen someday. Yeah. And even all the memories that she brought up from our time in Rome. It was a really good conversation. Yeah, I completely agree. I love the trip down memory lane of our time in Italy. So for me, I mean, I feel like I'm on repeat, but I liked learning about Carol and barnstorming. But in all seriousness, I also just really liked her story and hearing how she got into landscape architecture. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Bucky Fuller, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was part of the barnstorming. <laughs> That's right. right. Um, that was I good. feel. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have to pick Lena. Right. Like she was a two parter for one. She was someone that we have admired for like a really long time. So. I don't know. I was just really happy that we got to do like a good deep dive on her. Yeah, me too. For sure. Okay, switching up the game. What lessons did you learn from one of our ladies, Nergity? Hmm. Well, to follow on what Jessica was saying, Lena taught me to be brave. She paved her own career. She studied architecture, couldn't find work and became a journalist. She started architecture magazines, dabbled in all sorts of design, left her home country and moved to a new continent with a different culture and language. She just pushed all the boundaries and she taught me to be brave. I hope that she did the same for you. Yeah, I mean, Lena was fearless. I loved learning about her. I think the lessons that I learned were probably from Amaza. I just loved that she was creating a space for a community that she was a part of like the Azurus North in the Hampton areas. And more importantly, she documented everything because she understood that the work that she was doing would be valuable to others in the future. And it reminds me of the period that we are all in now in our show. We are building the show. And one day when we have our E! True Hollywood story, (laughs) I want there to be a record or an album for us to refer back to. And possibly the lessons that we have learned, we can instill in others. So, Jessica, have you been documenting your work or your actions? 
what are things that you're doing now that we could learn from you? Like I was into bullet journaling and I've let that go. But now you're reminding me that I need to pick that up again. It's just a nice way to document my life. <laughs> well, Nurjuri, right before we recorded, you were making fun of me because I was taking photos yeah. of us. Because those types of documentations that I want us to remember to capture the moments that we as we're doing this, because like once become famous and have this like awesome state of the art recording studio, we'll remember <laughs> of our closet spaces, our humble beginnings of our humble beginnings. Mm -hmm. But on another note, I would also like to think that our photos on social media is a good place where we have this documentation that gets shared with the public and we record our responses from the fans and their suggestions and stuff. Our podcast, I think, serves as a documentation for our ladies mm -hmm. and, you know, all the for things sure. that I've recorded behind the scenes, too. So even if it includes the unflattering photos of us and, <laughs> you know, there's still more to come. There's still more to document. So anyway. All right, Lizzie, it's your turn. So if you could start a reality TV show with Amaza, Florence, or Astra, who would you choose and why? Hmm. I think I would choose Astra because it would be cool to follow her and the students who would come to Rome. Each season could be like a new semester with new students and we would see Astra going around Rome and Civita and living her Italian rooftop life. Also, mm, yeah. how has no one made a reality show about architecture school and studio? The critiques, the all-nighters, I mean, the drama writes itself. <laughs> yes, I totally agree, Lizzie. There's a lot of television gold in architecture school. Not sure why no one has tapped into that. Exactly. It could be fictional, too, but there's a lot yeah. to work with. <laughs> Let's just add it to our list of shows that we're going to pitch. Mm. Yeah, it's part of our Eat True Hollywood story. But, oh my <laughs> gosh, it could be like the version of The Office. Like, could you imagine? Like, just think about all of the characters that we would see in studio. Like yeah. the kid that's always asleep somewhere, the problematic professor, the rich kid, the kid who lived in the computer lab, the eccentric professor, the kid that was way too stressed, borderline, had a nervous breakdown, the kid that partied the most, but yet managed to pass studio every time with flying colors. I mean, the professor that was having an affair with a student. You know, I think people probably would have gotten sued, though. So I think I understand why it hasn't been done yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I think we could write different characters for days. Listeners, let us know who your favorite studio characters would be. The sleeping one, the opinionated, the one not listening. I know my favorite. <laughs> tell us your favorite or tell us which character would you be? Let us know. So this is a great segue for a question I have for you, Jessica. What is one piece of advice you would give one of your ladies? All right. So I guess I wish Lena and Astra would write books on negotiation because they always got what they wanted. So I want to know how they learned to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think for all of the other ladies that were professors, specifically Carol, Florence, Amaza and Lena, I would like to learn more about their teaching pedagogies. You know, like records of their syllabi, maybe, you know, basically, I would have liked to know how we can impart their academic knowledge for future academics, just the way yeah. they taught. I wish we could have taken all of their classes. 
Yes. Even the landscape ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I don't know who sounded more intense, Carol or Lena. Lena would have given me a headache. And um, <laughs> too much thinking. <laughs> too much thinking. And then Carol would have made me stressed because she seemed really intense. Carol or Florence? But both. Wait, which one's the scarier one? That's Florence. She was the one at University of Illinois. Oh, Florence. Like, oh, Florence. Florence. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So Florence. Right, right. Florence, Florence. would have stressed me out. Like my eye is twitching just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> she just wanted the best for you. She did. I know. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure, though. I feel like I would have taken their classes, immediately regretted signing up, but then it down the line, worth it at the end. Yeah, I would have known like this was worth it, but this was hard. Yeah. Ooh, I'm getting shaky of all the like caffeine I would have ingested between both of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, anything else we want to bring up from moments throughout the season? Actually, before I forget, I want to make a correction on episodes 37 and 38. I mentioned one of Lena Bobardi's masterpiece, Sao Paulo Museum of Art, and I referred to it as MASP. And after the episode aired, a listener commented that the correct pronunciation would be MASPI. So I just want to say thank you very much. MASPI was awesome to talk about. Mm. And a big special thanks to Paul Michaud, who let me borrow his book on Lena and attributed to much of the episode. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of corrections, we noted it in the show notes of episode 33, but it was incorrect in the recording. Our friend Joel went to the Academy of Art in San Francisco, not the SF Art Institute. Graphic designer Joel. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Good corrections. Well, ladies, our whole season was about professors. We cannot end the season without talking about and thanking a few of our own. We've already talked about Lori Brown. She was our very first carriage hit. So then I need to mention Yutaka Show and Anda French. Yutaka believed in me when I didn't, and she taught me to think very critically and in ways that I had not before. She was my favorite studio, and we really did such fun projects like the movie project or the cutting up food and creating a design from that. I did an onion. And I really like the space that I produced from cutting the onion in half. <laughs> Jessica, you had the studio with me. Which food did you pick? Corn. Corn on the <laughs> cob. Oh, that's why? yummy. Yeah. Why did I choose that? I don't know. What did you do? <laughs> did you cut it in the middle? Or you lengthwise. can only cut corn. Yeah, no, I cut, cut it lengthwise. lengthwise. That's true. I cut it lengthwise. Oh, but, interesting. Uh, yeah. It was just, I like that it was, car- what's it? Com- the compartmentalized. Yeah, so like each, and I think it led to my movie as well because it also had, oh, and the carp, um, the little kernels created like a frame in the section. Yeah. And that related to my movie. It was just, it was just weird. But it was interesting. Yeah, but I was playing around with corn. I don't know. It was just weird. (laughs) And I was broke, so I used frozen corn. It was just weird. (laughs) Well, that was a fun project. And it was a really good semester, at least for me. Yeah, it was. And then Anda French, she was my thesis advisor and she was so good. The subject that she picked, Alternative Futures, sparked so many different projects and conversations. And the way she led discussions and all she had to say, I was always in awe. 
Even to this day, I was reading Madame Architect's interview of her and her firm, French 2D, and I felt like a total fangirl. So I don't know if I should be admitting admitting that, but now everyone knows. <laughs> we love her. <laughs> it's just everything she says and does is great to learn from, and it inspires me so much. So yeah, Anda and Yutaka, thank you. You're the best. Yeah. Nice. Uh so my very first studio professor was Marissa Tyrone, and I really appreciated how she taught me to start analyzing art and architecture, like with the painting project and the case studies and stuff that we did. And she, I feel like, was good at teaching you to think about things in like a concrete way, but also in an abstract way. And she was good at pushing you, but also letting you figure things out for yourself. And I think that was really good for like the freshman first studio experience for me yeah okay I love that we're talking about this and now I also remember that we had so many shared studios yeah because I was with you Lizzie so Marissa Tyrone was my freshman year studio and she actually she made me tame my madness so to speak so the (laughs) opposite of what you're saying Lizzie she was able to force me to make more practical decisions to the abstract way I was thinking and I was also with you, Nurjidi, the second semester freshman year with Yutaka Show. And what I loved about having her as a professor is that she always made us ask ourselves why. Why yeah. were we making the design decisions that we were making? Um, I also, Lizzie, afterwards we had Julie Snow. And when we had her, we also had these other tough classes outside of studio. So... Maybe there wasn't a lesson from her that I particularly learned, but I just remember the feeling that I had having her as a studio professor. I found her to be very comforting, you know. Lizzie, you had her with me. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. I really enjoyed Julie's studio. I think it was also comforting, but I think for me that was partly because the project prompt felt realistic and practical. It wasn't as abstract mm. as some of our previous projects were. And she definitely yeah. brought in her real life knowledge of running her own firm into the studio, yes. which I appreciated as a more practical individual. <laughs> so plus, I mean, she was fun and I just really enjoyed her energy, too. That's true. Also, shout out to Matt Krylik, who has become a partner in that firm, yes. the Julie Snow. He was also great. Yes. And I what I learned from her studio, too, actually, was the details. It's one thing to say that you're designing a gym at a hotel or that there's going to be a cafe somewhere. No. How is that gym going to work? How many machines are you going to have? How many tables and booths are you going to have in that cafe? Details that as practicing architects and designers, they're important now, but maybe when we were students, we wouldn't have thought those through. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I also wanted to give a shout out to Anda French because I had her as a thesis advisor along with Nurjiri. And yes, total fangirl. And what I remember from Anda is that she taught me to be confident in my design decisions, similar to Yutaka, but she was able to reinforce that mostly we are the ones that are standing in our own way. Yeah. Plus, I love to fashion sense. Ooh, yeah. I want to be her when I grow up. Yeah. So, yeah. So, ladies, outside of the studio, maybe before Syracuse, are there any professors that you want to give a shout out? I could start because I have two memorable professors that or teachers. They'll hold a special place in my heart. 
My first art teacher in the seventh grade, Marilyn Poland, she taught me a lot. And she led me to, of course, Eric Hankin from my high school, who I stay in contact with to this day. So I have to shout them out. Yeah, for me, um, I want to shout out our structures professor. So still at Syracuse, but not a studio professor. Yes. Uh, Sinead McNamara. Yeah. I love that of all the subjects outside of studio, it was our structures professor who was a woman. And yeah, she yeah. made it feel really fun and approachable. And she definitely emphasized concepts of structure rather than just the math and the calculations and that kind of thing. And I think we talked about the fact that she was the first professor who was like, this is the stuff that's going to be on the ARE. So you got to know it. So I mm. think that too, it just, it felt more real and practical and she made it feel, I don't know, more attainable in some way. Plus she was real funny and easy to talk to. Yeah, she was great. She was hilarious. <laughs> she was, she really was. Yeah. The other day I was, I was trying to tell Osman the song, or I don't know if it was a song, but it was like tension, compression, and how she used to move her arms to teach us which was which <laughs> and i felt ashamed that i forgot do you remember i don't know if i remember to be a thing. song but i just remember that Sinead taught us this i mean that's why i could yeah. make such a great tension joke in the lena episode i mean yeah. thank you yeah. Sinead. yeah <laughs> yes well, I could say thank you to Mrs. Sara Santana. She was my favorite Spanish teacher, and she used to laugh at all my jokes. Maybe not all of them, but maybe <laughs> that's why I liked her so much. You know, that's important, though, to be able to build a good rapport with your teacher. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and she was my teacher twice, which I really enjoyed. She, I had her in the ninth grade, I think, and then I had her again in the twelfth grade. Which also reminds me of another double, Doubleina Bobardi. Hey. This season, <laughs> we had our first two-part episode, and that was a bit scary for me because I had no idea if you guys would agree, and then I wasn't sure how it would be received. But so far, we've received good feedback, and it seems like people enjoyed listening to a story that went more in-depth of the work and the projects. So I'm really happy how it turned out. I want to say thank you, Jessica and Lizzie, for restructuring the season for me. <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for your feedback. You got it. Yeah. Also, that was a listener suggestion episode. S episodes. So that's always nice. And I mean, Lena, her story required a two-parter. It was such a great story. Uh, I'm glad you thought so. And also, listeners, we're here for you. Tell us your suggestions. That's we want to right. know. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to next season? Ooh, I am so, so excited for our next season. We're focusing on partnerships and women who worked with a male partner or a husband. I can't wait to find parallels between the women and also just to see how these partnerships might have helped or hindered each woman's career whether that was being overshadowed by the partner or maybe it allowed them more freedom to work on projects unquestioned by clients in society. Oh, yes. Hashtag power couples. I feel like we've heard some of these stories before, but I'm excited to learn the whole story of some of the greats. Stay tuned. Woo. Yeah. Burr, 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 burr. Season five. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's next for She Builds Podcasts? 
Hmm. Aren't they now part two episode? Ended up being an hour long, which was just way too long and just outside of our format. So I had to edit half of it out. But that means that we will have future charrettes where we share more parts of her story. So I'm really excited about that. Future Lena charrettes. Yes. Nice. This season definitely gave us a lot of ideas for some future charrette episodes. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. And something we introduced this season that will continue next season is the Agora. Remember, the Agora is where we share news, small or big. Speaking of, let's visit the Agora. Let's start with a lovely fan and one of our book giveaway winners, Angie M. Woo! Woo! Angie M. not only won a book, but she also gave birth to a baby girl. Yay! Congrats! Next, let's give a shout out to Jamila J, who got accepted to the prestigious Christopher Kelly Leadership Program Class of 2022 at her local AI Houston chapter. Yay! Yeah! And another one that we're all excited about, Belonley W, who published her book, Build Boldly. The book comes out this week, so get your copy. The three of us are reading it currently. And last but not least, major congrats to Juliana R for passing her PMP test and becoming a certified project manager, a.k.a. mega boss. Yeah. These are so great. Congrats to everyone. Cheers. Applause. Um, So they deserve all the cheers and applause. So listeners, let's continue to share great news. So if you have news to share, big or small, please send them to our email, shebuildspodcast at gmail.com. Let's celebrate your accomplishments together. All right. Before we say goodbye, we should mention another thing that happened this season. We joined the Gable Media Podcast Network. We're excited to see what a continued partnership with them looks like. Speaking of Gable Media, we were also on an episode of Entree Architect, which is a podcast that is also part of Gable Media. It was great to talk to Mark about our origin story and where we want to go. If you haven't listened to it yet, go check it out. It's episode 401. And actually listen to all their episodes, all 400. They're really good. Yeah. Yes. By the way, for those of you that don't know, Gable Media is curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. Listen and subscribe to all the shows at GableMedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Please let us know what you thought of our episode and this season. If you've enjoyed this season, please help us spread the word. Tell your friends, your neighbors, your professors, all the people. Give us five stars on iTunes. Write us a review. This will all help us reach a wider audience and for more people to learn about these amazing ladies with us. We're excited to hear from you and for you to come back and keep learning about women bosses with us. You can email us your thoughts at shebuildspodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a comment on our website, shebuildspodcast.com. Or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at SheBuildsPodcast and on Twitter at SheBuildsPod. We are going on a break while we develop season five and we'll be back in February. This is a great time to tell your friends about this season. Re-listen to your favorite episodes and start conversations about everyone you've heard about. So this is not a goodbye, just a see you later. Until then, see you at season five. Bye. Bye. Yeah. 
Lena was fearless. I think I would take lessons from Amaza. What I learned from her was this idea of creating a space for a community that she was a part of, like the Azor West in the Hampton areas. Azurist. Azurist North. Azurist. Okay. Azurist North. Okay, cool. What about West? That was the other one. It's not West. Oh, there is no, yeah. no South. It was Honestly, north, and, north and South. Yeah. Honestly, it's okay. I just like put it in there because I, I had like a 50-50 shot that it was wrong. And I just... <laughs> oh, I give me 25%. It was, exactly. Oh, I don't know. But I figured like I'm just going to throw it out there. And if I get it wrong, Lizzie will... Uh, that was 100% correct. Lizzie will. Exactly. <laughs> Lizzie will know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.